1: You're listening to the Spark Radio Network. Internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. You are listening to
0: KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
2: takes another set of eyes to help us nurture our writing into full maturity. At Black Wolf Editorial Services, we strive to enable writers to develop and grow, offering manuscript critiques and line edits through a mentoring editorial style. We also offer assistance on generating a writer's bio for your websites. Black Wolf Editorial Services, nurturing your writing into maturity. For a full list of services, visit blackwolfeditorial.com.
3: We call the USA and we fly our flag Cause we're proud and free, we're Americans Red, white and blue is our way of life never back down from a challenge or a fight Nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans We fish the waters and we hunt the lands We force the steel with our own two hands With what we've got, we do the best we can We're Americans
4: This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
1: It's time now for the conservative curmudgeon radio show. Now, here's Grouchy.
4: Good evening, everybody. So good to be back with you. And Rick, I hope you're not hearing the feedback I am. If if it's just me, say so, and I'll live with it.
1: It's just you. It'll probably fix itself in a second.
4: Cool. Okay, well, we're going to press on. Uh, As always, uh, running around the world, we're not going to talk a lot about tonight. Um, Let's give credit where it's due. uh, In the world of TV, Uh, the, the launch of the season, the biggest TV launch of the season was the Roseanne revival show. Over 18 million viewers. Uh, Liker, hater, don't give a crap like me, Um, still respectable. Uh, Let's see, what else is going on? Trump approval rating holding at 45% according to the latest polls. Uh, Let's see. Now there's there's this other poll that says a majority of people are not seeing a change in their paychecks due to the tax cuts. I think they probably polled a bunch of multimillionaires because everybody I know has seen more money in their paycheck. So, uh, you know, make sure you take your polls with a grain of salt. It is what it is. Um, yeah, here's something we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Uh, a matter of fact, after this, we're not going to spend any time on it tonight. Um, the lawyer for uh former porn star stormy daniels says that she would consider a settlement with trump had that worked the first time around i mean come on (laughs) if you give me more money i'll go away again i you know i don't get it (laughs) whatever uh Reports of a headless chicken that survived for nine days. That goes perfectly right behind uh, the former porn star who sat at a chat with an openly gay uh, anchor on CNN about morals in America. Um, let's see. Uh, we got uh, ICE, uh, Immigration and Customs, uh, raiding places in... Um, This is all good stuff, and I try to get it right at the last minute as we go on the air, so you just never know what's going to pop up on the screen. Um, School requires students to take sexual harassment training after teacher complaints. (laughs) Apparently, the students are harassing the teacher sexually. Um, Let's see. Our friends, uh, our friends at PETA, are saying you can't be a feminist and buy a dog. I I, I do not get that. And most of us don't care, but it's just so weird. It's, it's piqued my curiosity. Um, former child star actor Corey Feldman was stabbed uh while, while in his car in Los Angeles. Uh the story reads that his security was distracted by another car and a man came up to his car, opened the door and stabbed him in the stomach. Now here's here's the part that gets me, okay? Not not that you could be stabbed in your car in Los Angeles, okay? I mean that that could happen to just about anybody at any time, anywhere, okay? Corey Feldman has security people? It's been, what, at least 15 years since he's done anything that wasn't at least B or C list. Um, I'm not even sure I'd recognize him walking down the street. Why does this guy still need security people? And how's he affording to pay them? You know, just that's what got me more than anything. Um, I don't wish anything bad on him. Don't get me wrong. I hope he heals quickly and heals fine. Um, but, you know, just really strange. Still with security people. Um What else? What else? Uh, the rumor is, is that our veterans affairs secretary is on his way out and he will be replaced with the president's personal physician who, uh, was appointed into that position by president Obama several years back. Uh, Ronnie Johnson will, is rumored to become the next veteran affairs secretary and we shall see. Uh, you know somebody's got to do something with the Veterans Affairs Department. It's it's absolutely a disaster. Still, nobody has even come close to writing that ship, and our veterans deserve so much better, so much better. Um, what else? What else? We learned in the uh, in the trial of the wife of Omar Mateen, the uh, Pulse nightclub shooter in Orlando, uh, that his he had intended to launch his attack at Disney World. Interesting. Would uh, like to have seen how he got the gun through the gate, but, you know, I mean, I guess anything's possible. Anything is possible. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Adorable video that does you no good on the radio of a turtle that karate chops its prey and then eats it. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> uh let's see. Uh Jeff Bezos losing five billion dollars at the summer market Uh let's see. I guess that's about it and the uh oh, yeah some some reports about the uh Han Solo Star Wars spin-off movie spiraling into disaster right now uh i'm i'm sure that disney will pull it together somehow and make it happen but you know you got to have something to run in the news i guess all right well that'll take care of the unscripted portion of the show with uh, oh one more exception it is um Uh, National Manatee Appreciation Day And I I posted a lovely picture out on Twitter I'm at TCC underscore Grouchy You can check it out there under the hashtag Manatee Appreciation Day Bill Clinton gets it That's all you really need to know So anyway let's, uh, Let's bag all that up and, oh, oh, one more, one more. Okay, I promised, last one. Uh Senator Robert Menendez, uh, the subject of a mistrial in a corruption and, and pedophilia case, has now announced that he's going to run for re-election for his Senate seat in New Jersey. I can, uh, I can only think of one or two states that might deserve him more than New Jersey, but people in New Jersey, if you're dumb enough to elect this guy again, you deserve every bit of it. All right, now we're off. So it's become a popular opinion on the left, thanks in part to a widely shared uh, Washington Post op-ed by Adam Weinstein to scorn the so called gun splaining. Yes, gun splaining is now a thing. Uh, kind of like mansplaining, which is related to manspreading, but different. Um, Weinstein defined the term as a habit of gun rights advocates to bully gun control supporters with technical jargon. Think the AR and AR-15 stands for assault rifle? Then you're too dumb to talk about gun policy. Um, now, as a broad sweeping rule, I'm going to lean towards that being correct. Uh, not as a blanket statement. Not as a blanket statement because there are people out there that don't know about guns that know enough about what's going on with them, and they, you know, they still need to be educated more, but you can have a reasonable discussion with some of these people. Now, there's a kernel of truth in Weinstein's critique. There are gun rights supporters who just absolutely revel in the jargon and belittle people that have inferior knowledge on the subject. But This issue of gunsplaining pales in comparison to the mass scale ignorance of the gun control movement and critically the mainstream media. It's an ignorance that contributes to bad policy proposals and threatens constitutional rights. It's an ignorance that has the potential to empower criminals while rendering law-abiding citizens more vulnerable to threats. This ignorance presents itself in a myriad of ways. Uh, first, uh, it's, it's common to see activists and marchers consistently say things that not only just aren't true, but are just downright stupid. And it's, it's worse than just ignorance, okay? It's just plain stupidity. Uh, Examples. uh, At at the March for Our Lives this past weekend in D.C., there were signs that read, it was harder to buy this poster board than an AR-15. Another one said, I want to live in a world where guns are harder to get than Hamilton tickets. These people, they, they not only routinely pretend it, but they perpetrate the lie that gun sales are virtually unregulated and that even machine guns are somehow easy to purchase even though they've been outlawed for over 30 years now. You know, some people you just can't talk to. It's that bad. As long as some talking head that promotes ideas that are common to the way they think, that's gospel, and that's good enough for them. So another way that these um, things manifest themselves, uh, they'll advocate solutions, and I put solutions in quotes, uh, that don't make a bit of difference in solving or, or pre- preventing mass shootings or to gun violence uh, more broadly. The nation's gun violence problem is highly concentrated in a small percentage of the American population. Now, I know you're gonna call me a racist here in a minute, but it's concentrated to people with prior criminal records, who largely obtain and possess their guns unlawfully. That's the biggest portion of gun crime in America. Now, even if you focus on mass shootings, various quote-unquote common sense gun proposals would not have prevented a single modern massacre there was a mechanism in place in Florida that could have prevented the shooting in Parkland. Uh, It was not ever used and therefore could not do what it was intended to do. Now, next up, these proposed solutions, they go against, excuse me, Uh, they go against an extraordinary uh, ignorance of the realities of gun ownership. All right, take this example. The common proposal to ban high-capacity magazines. That's often defined to mean any magazine capable of holding more than 10 rounds of ammunition. In reality, though, a ban on 10-round magazines is a ban on the standard capacity magazine magazine in tens of millions of guns that Americans use for self-defense. Guns like the Ruger SR9. Uh, And it came with a 17-round magazine, but the standard, you know, 10. Dozens of other popular guns also come with magazines of similar sizes. Uh, Police carry guns with similar magazines, and critically, criminals often do as well. Activists can play funny games with language. To phrase, uh, or the phrase, high-capacity magazine implies something unusual, something you don't normally see, like, say, a drum magazine on an AR-15. In reality, given the definition, they're purporting to ban the norm. Thirteen... 15 and 17 round magazines are not out of the ordinary. They're telling law-abiding citizens that they should have less firepower than the criminals who present the very real threat. And why should law-abiding Americans have less firepower than criminals? Well, because, and, and now... Hang on, hang on, stay with me. And this is where the gun control movement truly loses their credibility. They say we don't need anything more than 10 rounds to defend ourselves. That's right. These people, the very same people who time and again demonstrate their profound ignorance related to firearms, purport to telling law-abiding, gun owning American citizens who possess far superior knowledge, exactly what they need to keep their families and their property safe. It's unbelievable. You know, I'd I'd rather take, (laughs) this was a great quote, I'd rather take my self-defense advice from actual experts than from politicians and activists who don't know what they're talking about. That was Weinstein's quote in in the article. Um, There was a a piece in the New York Times the other day, uh, Margot Sanger Katz wrote that political consultants who have worked on ballot measures say that it can often be easy for opponents of gun laws to chip away at very strong initial public support for a given policy. She talked to David Farmer, who helped lead a failed Maine effort to impose universal background checks. He attributed the loss to gun owners' ability to persuade. We know for a fact we lost the argument at the kitchen table and the bar and the bowling alley, he said. The gun enthusiasts were talking to their friends and relatives and neighbors. They felt about it in a way that was so passionate that they won those one-on-one encounters and they were very successful in bringing people to their side. Now, gun owners aren't just enthusiastic. Most of them are well-informed. Current gun control proposals can sound interesting and compelling, until you hear that they're likely ineffective or especially if you hear that they would burden your right of self-defense. The media's persistent and enduring gun ignorance is mystifying. It's so easy to learn about. them. It really is. Uh, as it is seeming, or as it's seeming willingness to actively mock or scorn actual expertise Imagine if pro-life citizens wanted to limit abortions by banning or heavily, heavily regulating the instruments used to kill unborn children. Would counter arguments that the regulations would adversely affect other life-saving procedures be scorned as device-splaining? Now, you would get the impression that way too many members of the media and way too many activists don't want to know anything more about guns. They've made their decision, they've written their narrative, guns are bad, everything else is a distraction, and damn anybody that says different. To them, the gun control argument isn't a technical argument at all. They're turning it into a fundamentally moral argument. And in this moral argument, the actual effectiveness of any given law is less important than its intent, which is exactly, exactly how Democrats legislate. Yet Americans don't wanna give away their freedoms so willingly, and they're especially unwilling to limit their liberties in response to arguments based in ignorance, sprinkled with condensation and moral superiority. Law-abiding gun owners respond by gunsplaining, and they find that when they gunsplain, they tend to win. Ignorance is a plague, and the gun rights community is eager to provide the cure. Friends, as always, I preach to you, week in, week out, to do your own homework on anything. I, for one, am a supporter of the Second Amendment as it exists right now. I like my gun laws as they exist right now. What I wish would happen is that I wish the laws and regulations regarding the purchase and sale of firearms and the registration of firearms and the background checks regarding firearms were simply enforced. I haven't heard one person on the left say, let's fix what's there and then reevaluate. Why is that? Why is that that they don't even want to acknowledge that there are things there that could stand to be fixed first. You know, because they say that if you believe that, you're just a puppet of the NRA, and if you're Dana Lash, you're a paid puppet of the NRA. Dana has taken incredible abuse on this issue, incredible abuse, and God bless her and Chris both. It cannot be easy being in that spotlight. All right, folks, we're at the bottom of the hour. we got to take our break. When we come back, we're going to continue the show with the next story. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about three and a half. Or more. Just kidding. Or more. Or less. Who knows? Rick's pushing the buttons. I have no clue. You
1: I'm, I'm pushing me. your buttons.
4: welcome back everybody uh, I just want to take a quick minute to apologize for Seymour the intern burping in your ear like that before we were going into commercial break uh, he is lewd unacceptable and uh, we won't let that happen again will we see more that's right you better stay down in that corner anyway So a quick programming reminder, since I forgot to do that at the top of the hour. Coming up next is Jesse's POV. Uh, Then you're going to have an hour where you can uh, run and get yourself a little late supper or something like that and then come back. And at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, uh, America Off the Rails is back to your nightcap position on KLRN Radio. So be sure to tune in to Rowdy Rick Robinson with America Off the Rails at 11 Eastern tonight. All right, so we get back into things. Yeah, the other big story, the omnibus bill, this disaster, 2,232-page appropriations bill that spends $1.3 trillion and not one single lawmaker read the damn thing before voting on it. How does that make you feel? Does that sound like draining the swamp?
1: Well, to be fair,
4: Rand Paul tried tried. Rand Paul,
1: Rand Rand Paul went on like a 48 hour reading spree and almost made it.
4: (laughs) I understand. I understand. And, and bless him for doing that. I was looking at the list of people who voted for this thing. And, uh, I've already got a call in to to my House representative, uh, Alabama District 1, Representative Bradley Byrne. Bradley, you know I'm upset about this already. You might as well go ahead and call me. Um, My two senators in this state, Richard Shelby, an alleged Republican, and Doug Jones, uh, an alleged sentient being, uh, both voted for this which tells you right away that this is a bad idea. Congressional staff didn't read it. They're usually the ones that summarize these endless statulatory legalese documents for their bosses. Um, They usually have the stronger grasp of how the $1.3 trillion is gonna be spent. Mm, Excuse me, I've got the hiccups and how the unrelated appropriations writers will operate. This omnibus bill was unveiled on the evening of March 21st. The House passed the bill on March 22nd, and the Senate aimed for passage that same day in order to beat the March 23rd deadline for funding the government. I am so sick to damn death of People dangling a government shutdown over everybody else's head. You know what? Shut the government down. Who gives a damn? Because when you shut it down, it's not like everything stops. What stops are non-essential services. And let's face it, folks, our government shouldn't be operating non-essential services. Our government shouldn't be using our money, your tax dollars, my tax dollars, to do anything that's not essential to what is outlined for the federal government to do by the powers of our founding documents. Boom. It's that simple. Shut it down. I don't care. If lawmakers had missed the deadline and failed to pass this continuing resolution omnibus, or we I call it the omni debt, the appropriation system is broken. One of Congress's most basic constitutional duties is to pass the annual appropriations bills in a timely fashion with lawmakers fully understanding the content of said bills. Specifically, Congress is required to pass 12 appropriations bills each year before the October 1st fiscal year starts. In reality, this has happened only twice since 1985. Let that sink in for a minute. The other 31 years saw an average of just one annual appropriations bill enacted on time. And between 2009 and 2015, not a single appropriations bill was completed before October 1st. The main problem is the congressional schedule. The budget resolution typically sets broad spending levels in April, then the House and Senate Appropriations Committees must write and approve 12 complicated spending bills. Next, a true open amendment process often requires a full week to process each individual bill on the House and Senate floor before forming 12 conference committees to negotiate the differences and then sending 12 conference reports back to the House and Senate for final passage. Instead, Congress typically merges all 12 appropriations bills into one mammoth omnibus bill. And in 2018, we'll have waited to enact it until the fiscal year is nearly half over. In the meantime, federal agencies have been running on continuing resolutions that fund programs at last year's levels, with the occasional partial government shutdown in between. I'm telling you folks, the process is broken. Now getting all this done by October 1st would leave Congress with little time to do much else. Legislation affecting taxes, entitlements, immigration, foreign policy, most program authorizations as well as executive and judicial nominations would be squeezed out. Even canceling most congressional recesses, which would take away time to meet with constituents back home, not to mention a lot of time waxing leather cushions with their asses, would not solve the problem. Here's a straightforward solution that could possibly make for some decent provisions to solving things. First, move the start of the fiscal year from October 1st to January 1st. This gives lawmakers three additional months to finish the spending bills. Second, consolidate from 12 to six appropriations bills and switch to biennial appropriations in which three bills are enacted each year. This more accurately matches Congress's timetable. Thirdly, we need strict enforcement of the rules against appropriations riders, no rider bills, perhaps by requiring a stronger supermajority to get them included or excluded. Fourth, in the event that any appropriations bill still misses their deadline, have spending continue automatically at the prior year's levels until the bills can be enacted. This would eliminate government shutdowns, which I don't really care about, but you know, for the whole process thing, it takes that off the table. And finally, allow any lawmaker to raise a supermajority point of order against the passage of any bill whose legislative text has not been publicly available for 72 hours. While this is a long-standing bipartisan problem, it is one that House Republicans had pledged to end shortly before winning the majority in 2010. Their promises, to remind you, The first one, we will read the bill and require legislation be publicly available at least three days before voting on it. Promise broken. The next one, we will advance legislative issues one at a time and end the practice of massive bills that address unrelated issues. Promise broken. Little has changed the omnibus bill with countless unrelated riders attached has not been publicly available for 3 days the breakdown of the appropriations process requires a comprehensive overhaul to that end congressly recent or congress recently <laughs> i know the text just blurs sometimes congress recently created a bipartisan bicameral budget reform super committee. If that doesn't sound like the biggest load of DC horse crap I've ever heard. (laughs) Skepticism and chuckles are warranted at the creation of another super committee. You bet they are. At least Congress is acknowledging the collapse of the budget process. And if Congress insists on spending trillions of our hard earned tax dollars then at least they should do so competently and with a basic understanding of its own legislation. Until then, Congress will continue to earn its abysmal 15% approval rating. Take it for what it's worth. Now, related to this, this $1.3 trillion omnibus spending bill uh, that was signed by President Trump, endorsed by House Speaker Ryan and Senate Majority Leader McConnell, provides almost $1.6 billion for, quote, fencing and levies on the southwest border. Okay? Now, yeah, you remember Trump campaigned on building the wall, okay? Okay? But here, listen up, the bill is very specific on how the money must be spent in the next six months, ruling out any concrete barriers, such as the prototypes Trump visited in California back on March 13th, the amounts designated shall only be available for operationally effective designs Deployed as of the date of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2017. Not anything newer. And this would be like the deployed steel steel bollard designs that prioritize agent safety, it says. So when President Trump tweeted out that they got 1.6 billion to start on the wall for the southern border and that the rest will be forthcoming number one there's no new wall being built there's only replacement wall going in and it's not any of the new style walls because that would be illegal according to the appropriations bill so When he said that we got money to build the wall, he lied. Now, you can tell me I'm crazy, but if you can prove where I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But until then, the man lied. He's lying about his core campaign promise. He won the election on the wall. And now he's lying about building it. Now, Speaker Ryan said uh, that the $1.6 billion in border funding is exactly what the Trump administration requested for the current fiscal year, the six months that remain of it. The administration asked for 74 miles of border funding funding Uh, border wall funding, he said, Uh, we did about a hundred in this bill. So we exceeded what the administration asked for, Ryan said. No, you did not, Speaker Ryan. You're playing word games. Okay. And I don't appreciate being talked to like that, like you're some kind of genius and I'm some kind of idiot. Ryan said the border patrol told Congress it wanted different types of walls in different places, levees in the Rio Grande Valley and see-through fences in the desert. Ryan said, we do that. So we basically say to the border patrol, what do you need? Here's your resources. And it's $1.6 billion for the next six months. And Ryan says, that's exactly what the president asked for. Now, we know that the omnibus bill will not allow the president to start building the kind of wall he promised during his campaign. It does provide $38 million for border barrier planning and design, but there are tons of strings attached. Uh, Pages 673 through 678 of the Omnibus Bill deal with border fencing, saying that $1.571 billion shall be available only as follows. Okay, condition one, $251 million for approximately 14 miles of secondary fencing all of which provides for cross barrier visual situational awareness along the southwest border in the san diego sector that means that it has to be see-through wall it cannot be solid concrete number two 445 million for 25 miles of primary pedestrian levee fencing along the southwest border in the rio grande valley sector number three 196 million for primary pedestrian fencing along the southwest border in the Rio Grande Valley sector number four 445 million dollars for replacement of existing primary pedestrian fencing along the southwest border number five 38 million for border barrier planning and design number six 196 million for acquisition and deployment of border security technology. Subnote B, the amounts designated shall only be available for the operationally effective designs deployed as of the date of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2017, which means that any of the new prototypes are completely off the table. Footnote C, None of the funds provided in this or any other act shall be obligated for construction of a border barrier in the Santa Ana National Wildlife Refuge. The bill gives the Trump administration 180 days to submit to Congress a risk-based plan for improving security along the borders of the United States, including the use of personnel, Fencing and other forms of tactical infrastructure and technology. The risk based plan must include a statement of goals, objectives, activities, milestones, etc., for the plan, as well as a detailed implementation schedule, and there are many other strings attached. The administration must describe how the plan will enhance border security goals. It must identify where the physical barriers will go up describe the methodology used to select the barriers, analyze alternatives, assess the effects on communities and property owners near the planned wall, describe, quote, other factors critical to the decision-making process, identify staffing requirements under the plan. Are you kidding me? Consult state and local officials on eminent domain analyze environmental impacts, certify that the plan complies with federal acquisition rules, requirements, guidelines, and practices. And those folks, those are just the big strings. There are still many, many others. To say that Congress has basically handcuffed President Trump with bipartisan support handcuffed him would be the understatement of the year. And the fact that he was dumb enough to sign this thing tells me that he didn't even know what was in it. Now, I I have problems with both sides of this argument. And I guess that makes me the common sense in the middle. I just don't see why they play the games they play. Anyway, um, what we didn't get to last week, I want to get to real quick tonight. Uh, Last week, the president went to Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, and he gave a speech on the opioid crisis in this country. And he made the comment that they need to get tough on drug dealers and that toughness could include the death penalty. He said, if we don't get tough on the drug dealers, we're wasting our time. Just remember that we're wasting our time and that toughness has to include the death penalty. Some of these drug dealers will kill thousands of peoples during their lifetime, thousands, and destroy many more lives than that but they will kill thousands of people during their lifetime. And if they get caught, they get what? 30 days, 60 days, six months, or they go away for a year and they get fined. And yet if you kill one person, you get the death penalty or you go to jail for life without parole. So, I get where the president is coming from. I think we need to do something much stronger against the dealers in this country. I'm not talking about the guy walking down the street with half an ounce in his pocket. I'm talking about the guy that's got a trunk full. I think the punishments need to be a lot stiffer. And especially, especially if they're peddling dirty drugs that are meant to to hurt or kill people, especially them. Heavy traffickers, you got to have stronger sentences. You know, does it need to be the death sentence? It doesn't need to be the death sentence. If you give them 40 years, you'd, you'd effectively take them off the street forever. Last year, Customs and Border Protection seized nearly 1,500 pounds of fentanyl nearly three times the amount seized in 2016 altogether. Similarly, Immigration and Customs Enforcement arrested criminal aliens with 76,000 charges and convictions for drug crimes. Last year, the DOJ prosecuted more than 3,000 defendants in cases involving opioids, all of the trafficking and the related crimes. Three thousand cases, including a pharmacist, a physician's assistant and an opioid trafficker, each charged with committing serious drug crimes in New Hampshire. And folks, if you're wondering why he went to New Hampshire, New Hampshire leads the nation as such a tiny little state. They lead the nation in per capita opioid overdoses. This affects real people and real people's lives, you know. You say you can't save every user. Well, you know what? You can't save every user. It's a fact. That doesn't mean we can't try. Because for every user that we lose, there's a family that's torn apart, that's in pain. And those are real people. And their loved ones are just as important as anybody else's. Now, whether you're a dealer, a doctor, a trafficker, or a manufacturer, the president says, if you break the law and illegally peddle these deadly poisons, we will find you, we will arrest you, and we will hold you accountable. And I, for one, like it. So anyway, that I wanted to get done. And now we're back to the top of the hour. It's just about time for me to uh, punch the clock and get out of the way, make room for Jesse's POV, then you get an hour for your late dinner, and then come back to KLRN Radio for Rowdy Rick Robinson and America Off the Rails at 11 Eastern. Folks, that's it. That's the show, really. Uh, I thank you for being here. Uh, if, If you like the show, tell your friends. If your friends like the show, you need new ones are well here with me every week on KLRN Radio for the Conservative Curmudgeon Radio Show. I
3: hate this place. Nothing right nice right works here. The medications do work. <laughs> I've been here for seven years.
1: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.